Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. <laughs> and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of the co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm the other co-host, Donnie Cage. How'd you like my little Seth Rollins laugh there, Mr. Cage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is a... You know, a wrestler is really, really over. Chris Jericho was one of the first ones to start that I seen start that actually started it on AEW. Is when they sing your theme song, even after it quits playing, you know you're over. <laughs> well, you know, it's actually funny. I remember years ago um, when Fandango first came out, the crowd was actually singing his theme song. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was uh, He was very, actually, he was very popular when he first came out. Uh, oh. I remember them dancing, the crowd dancing and everything to him, but... Uh, you know, he had some talent, but they wasted it, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but, folks, if this is your first time listening, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. No matter which platform you're listening to us on, we're on 73 different audio platforms, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage has a, another podcast that he co-hosts. Tell him about Uncaged Voice, sir. Yes, if you'd like to hear a podcast where we talk about gaming, movies, and all sorts of other entertainment news, check out the Uncaged Voice podcast on our YouTube channel, hosted by myself, Top Tier Rated, and Jigsaw Jester. And if you like podcasts that talk about political issues, current events, news of this big, beautiful, crazy country we live in, or some interesting interviews from time to time, you can check out the Red Pill Current News Podcast. That's the other show that I actually host. Uh, we do drop two episodes there a week. Also, we drop two episodes here every week, every Tuesday and Saturday. Now, if you'd like to be a guest on this show, you can always email us, or if you have any questions or concerns or shout-outs or what have you, uh, to Donnie or myself at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. Com. Also in our description below uh, is the links to all of our social media as well as our merch shop and website. Let's see here. Yeah, so that should cover everything. So a lot to go over today. Uh, we are going to start off with some results. We had a, uh, a nice pay-per-view over the weekend and uh, just a lot of crazy things. But before we get into money in the bank results, let's talk about the show before. And that's SmackDown. So let's get into 
some SmackDown results. All right, so let's start off the undisputed tag team championships were on the line on SmackDown. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, the current champions, uh, defended their belts against the number one contender. Pretty deadly. This match here I thought was actually very, it was a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. Pretty deadly is an amazing tag team. They're, They're very good. And Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, what can you say? They have upped their game since uh, taking the titles on. And your winners and still undisputed tag team champions of the world, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn hit a Halua kick on uh, Wilson, I believe it was, a pretty deadly, and rolled him up and pinned him right in the middle of the ring. One, two, and three. Also, we had another match. Austin Theory against Rich Holland of the Bruiserweight or the uh, <laughs> the Bruiserweight. What say that again? The Brawling Brutes. I know. I was talking about Butch Bruiserweight. Um, but anyways, uh, against uh, Austin Theory. Austin Theory actually uh, it defeated Rich Holland's after doing a uh, like a Rolling Thunder drop kick sort of type thing pinfall. Sheamus did come in at the end to save Holland because it looked like Theory was going to uh, do kind of a beatdown on him. I still think Sheamus is going to be the man to take away Austin Theory's United States title. I don't know why. I, he's been it before. I just I see that happening, that building to that. Uh, your thoughts on those two matches, sir? Well, the tag team title match was definitely really good. A great showcase for both teams. But I do have to say, um, the, the the finish when Sami Zayn landed that Haluva kick to, to win and retain the titles, that right there, my friend, was a pretty deadly finish. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, glad to see glad to see Owens and Zayn uh, retain. They're they're still looking great, looking strong as the tag team champions. It wasn't. I mean, this wasn't a uh, an easy match for them, but that's that's why they're the champs because they they get through whatever adversity comes their way and they walk away with the titles. Um, Austin Theory, I mean, come on, he's the he is the U.S. champ right now, whether you love him or hate him. I'm I'm always fifty fifty on Austin Theory. Some weeks I like him, some weeks I don't. Uh, this is one of the weeks where I thought he looked really impressive. And it looks like we're it looks like we're going to get a match between him and Sheamus very soon, which I'm looking forward to. Yep, yep, yep. Next match we had a well, it wasn't actually a, a match; it was a vignette. Karrion Cross challenged AJ Styles to a match. Uh, kind of a kind of a weird vignette, but AJ did accept the match uh, or the challenge <clears throat> later that evening. Uh, Bailey defeated Shotzi. After hitting the uh, Rose Plant to defend her spot in the Woman's Money in the Bank ladder match the next night. And then, uh, yeah, your, your your thoughts on those two segments. I, I've said it before, I'm always a fan of Karrion Cross's um, vignettes. 
I, I appreciate his dedication to his character, and I hope that this is a sign of things to come, that WWE has finally gotten it right, and they're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to start pushing this guy little by little. We're going to make him look strong, and you know, let, let, let's hope that happens, because they've, they've failed this man before, the creative team. But hopefully, with Triple H being very high on his work, he's going to continue to uh, to look strong. Um, you know, Bailey's in the Money in the Bank ladder match one way or another, so why she had to defend her spot against Shotzi, I have no idea to begin with. Shotzi, unfortunately, keeps losing a lot of momentum. Just when you think they're starting to build her up again, she gets knocked back down. This was kind of an easy end result here. I knew Bailey was going to win this match, unfortunately. Now, I don't think they've done Cross any favors since he's been back, to be honest with you. If they are going to start moving him you know, up the ladder, they need to kick it in gear because it's really like we've seen these vignettes where he's challenged people, Shinsei Nakamura, AJ before this, and then he gets beat the next night at the, ch- at the max that he challenged for. So hopefully, <clears throat> I don't know. He's going against AJ Styles. Anything could happen, so I don't know. Uh, Then we had Logan Paul, who was on the Grayson Waller effect. And right here's a match that I would love to see happen. And you talk about a huge reception. L.A. Knight came out to the ring and had kind of a verbal sparring match with Logan Paul. I thought it was great, but I want to see L.A. Knight knock the crap out of Logan Paul in the ring and put him down for the one, two, three. So I, I was, uh, I liked that segment a lot. Butch actually had a match, a three-way dance, with a triple threat match against uh, Butch, Santos, Escobar, and L.A. Knight. And Butch actually won the match after hitting the uh, bitter end on Escobar with a uh, pin. And then we'll get to the main event after this. Go ahead and, uh, Tell us what your thoughts on those two segments. Well, I'm just glad that L.A. Knight finally put Logan Paul in his place and made him realize, like, okay, kid, you can come in here and do a couple of cool moves, but you, uh, when it comes to the mic and when it comes to actually really getting it done in the ring, you've, you, you've got a lot to show so far. Um, you know, because, okay, you know, he's picked up a couple of impressive wins in his career, but he's also lost on big stages as well. He couldn't beat the Tribal Chief when he faced him in Saudi Arabia. He couldn't beat Seth freaking Rollins at WrestleMania. So all you Logan Paul fans out there, this guy's not always cracked up to be. He's impressive, but he's not L.A. Knight or some of these other wrestlers impressive. It's good to see um, Butch Pete Dunne picking up a win on TV. I'm glad L.A. Knight didn't have to take the pinfall loss, at least. So he's kind of protected here. Um... We've talked about it before, Kentucky guy. Pete Dunn, a.k.a. Butch, really needs to go back on his own, and he needs to go back to being the bruiser weight. Right, and he looked more like Pete Dunn in this match on SmackDown than he has in a long time. He had the look, but he also did the moves. He did the breaking of the fingers, and he ended it with the bitter end, so... Yeah, there definitely. I mean, there's definitely positive signs there on that character coming back. And uh, I don't know why it's taking so long, but you know, it is what it is. And then we had the uh, main event: SmackDown Women's Championship on the line. Charlotte Flair 
She was the challenger against Asuka, the current champion. And Flair actually won the match, but it was due to a disqualification. Bianca Belair, after Bianca Belair attacked, oh, ponytail girl, yeah, she can't sit back and mind her own business, attacks Asuka. And as we all know, titles don't change hands on DQs or countouts. So she sat ringside. Uh, she was being barred from the show. However, she bought a ticket, was sitting ringside. And of course, she got involved and she laid out both competitors with the KOD on the announcer's table. So, buckle up. We're going to have a triple threat match for the women, SmackDown Women's Championship, I believe. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't want to see Oscar lose this match. I didn't want to see Charlotte Flair lose this match. I'm okay with the DQ. I'm not okay with Bianca Belair getting involved because she needs to know her role. She's not champion. She had the belt way too long. Go do something else. Go bodybuild or do push-ups or some crap. Anyways, your thoughts on the main event? Well, it was a good match, and both Asuka and Charlotte Flair would have suffered from taking the loss here, so this was probably best-case scenario. We knew that this was going to happen, Kentucky guy. We knew they were pushing for this um, triple threat or some involvement from Bianca Belair. And look, the EST is, is not going to go down swinging without a fight. We've seen that over and over again. So, And I'll tell you what, her character now is starting to remind me a little bit of the way she was back in NXT. And, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of liking it. it show, she's showing a little bit of a different side to her, and that's exactly what she needed. She needed to light a fire uh, after kind of playing the same just repetitive character over and over again. So I like seeing a different side to the EST. Can you stop calling her the EST? She's not, I mean, I know she calls herself that, but come on, come on. She's not the fastest and the best, I don't, I don't know. All right, so let's get into, that's all of SmackDown. And it was, it was a decent show. I expected, okay, so also, we better mention this. There was a confrontation with the Bloodline and the Usos, uh, helping build up the Bloodline Civil War. Before money in the bank. It was okay. I mean, of course they got attacked. Attacked solo. What have you. Same thing that's been going on. Roman Reigns was there. And I thought this SmackDown overall was decent. But it was kind of missing a little something for me. Going into a major pay-per-view like money in the bank. That's just my thought. What would you think of the show in total, sir? Overall, a decent enough lead into the pay-per-view. Um, probably could have uh, given us a little bit more, but I think they they wanted to save it for the big show on uh, on Saturday. And as we're going to discuss it, there were definitely aspects of that show that really delivered. Some did not, but some really delivered. No question about it. Yeah, I agree with that. It was a. Uh... Uh, yeah, and so we'll get. Well, let's go ahead and get into the money in the bank results. Money in the bank. One, two, three, four. All right, the beginning of the pay per view. 
Oh, let me go ahead and give you my thoughts on the entire pay-per-view as a whole. I'm going to say this pay-per-view was good. wasn't great, but it was good. It was, it was good. Uh, just a couple things that I don't get that happened, and we'll get into that. But the first match of the night was the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. L.A. Knight, Ricochet, Shinsei Nakamura, Damian Priest, Butch, Santos Escobar, and Logan Paul. I picked L.A. Knight to be the winner. Donnie picked Damian Priest to be the winner. Your winner and your 2023 Money in the Bank male, none other than Judgment Day's very own, Damian Priest. However, it's kind of funny that it come down once again to both of our picks. It came down to L.A. Knight and Damian Priest. <laughs> so, so we're doing something right. We're picking them right somehow. So, anyways, I thought this was a decent ladder match. I did not think Logan Paul showed off his skills like he normally does. He kept showing up, but as soon as he showed up, he got flattened out and... I loved how everybody went after him right at the beginning because he was given a spot there. But he really didn't show, he didn't have as good a pay-per-view as he had the last couple he's been in. Let's put it that way. But I thought uh, I thought Ricochet was okay. LA Knight looked awesome. Uh, unfortunately, Butch and Santos Escobar, I think both of those guys looked like they shouldn't have been there, which they shouldn't have. And they looked out of place, and you could tell it really bad. And I'm a big, big Pete Dunn fan, but I just have to be honest. Uh, yeah, so Shinsei looked okay. He was all right, and I've already talked about Logan. And Damian Priest, he was pretty dominant there for a while anyways, so it wasn't that big of a surprise when he did show up uh, at the end to uh, grab the case. Your thoughts on the men's money in the bank? Yeah, I have to agree with you as far as who the spotlight was placed on this match. It was very clear who WWE is putting their stock in right now. L.A. Knight, Damian Priest, you know, they, they were the big standouts in this match. You know, Ricochet had a couple of memorable moments. Uh, you know, Shinsuke got some licks in. Logan Paul, like you said, not as much as the spotlight shown on him this time as in previous matches. Now, it could be, of course, because it involved, you know, like six other guys, so maybe they want to make sure the other full-time wrestlers get the spotlight more than Logan Paul. Yeah, Santos and Butch, I mean, they really didn't do a whole lot in this match, unfortunately. Um, I feel like they could have gotten a couple of hope spots here and there because you got to keep the audience guessing one way or another. But obviously, like I said, I'm happy that my pick ended up winning this match. Although your pick, Kentucky guy, came very close. Yeah, come right down to the wire between those two. Uh, let's see. Also on the card now, these are not in a row, by the way. On <laughs> that just happened to be the very first one on my list, and it was the very first start of the show. Uh, then we had uh, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, I picked Seth Rollins to retain. Uh, Mr. Cage picked Seth Rollins to retain, but then he picked Damian Priest to come in and cash in his money in the bank. So, let's get this out of the way. This match right here, if that Bloodline Civil War wasn't so great, this match stole the show in my eyes. 
This was a great match between these two. They both came to play, and anybody could have won this match. These guys were that even all the way through. Now, to my surprise, I thought Mr. Cage was going to get it 100% right because Damian Priest shows up towards the end of this match with the briefcase. Here's the weird thing. He shows up when Finn Balor is actually on top, not Seth Rollins. So he steps back and he holds his case. He actually costs his leader of the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, the match. Finn Balor, I think, probably would have hit that coup de gras and won this match. He was up there, and Damian Priest showed signs of running into the ring with the briefcase, and Finn Balor paused and asked him what he was doing. He steps back. That gave Seth Rollins enough time to recover. Steph got out of the way. He missed the coup de gras. Steph did the curb stomp on him. One, two, three. Seth Rollins still your world heavyweight championship match. Like I said, this match stole the show for me and would have been the best match on there if that bloodline civil war wouldn't have been, wouldn't have ended the way it did. But yeah, this was great. Your thoughts on that match? Yeah. One of the best of the night, undoubtedly. Um, Lots of, cl- lots of close calls. Could have gone either way, like you said, Kentucky guy. And Damian Priest coming out when he did was very interesting. And gives further credence to my theory that there are issues in, or there's trouble in paradise for Judgment Day, or at least between Damian Priest and Finn Bauer. And I feel like that's going to start to play out over the next uh, few weeks and I mean, we could we could see Finn Bauer get kicked out of the group in the near future. It could very well happen. Well, after not to interrupt, but after the match, Finn Bauer was slapping, pretty much slapping uh, Damian Priest in the chest, telling him he cost him the match. Yep. I thought they were going to explode right then and there, but and Seth Rollins was actually hanging back. Did you notice that when he was going up the ramp? Yeah. <laughs> he was kind of hanging back, watching to see it happen. <laughs> He was too busy singing along his uh, theme song with the crowd. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. No, no, no. That, you, you covered everything with that match. Okay. And then we had Cody Rhodes facing Dominic Mysterio. Uh, I picked uh, Cody to win. Uh, Mr. Cage picked Cody to win as well. And your winner, Cody Rhodes. Now, I will... I have to give credit where credit is due. There was times in this match where Dominic Nick Mysterio, without any help from Mammy or whatever he calls her, looked decent. He really did. I I just don't see this guy ever being the competitor his father was. But he's learning. He's You can tell Judgment Day's rubbed off on him in the right way. He's learning because... He did look. He did do a couple things there. Like he did this uh, drop kick, and I was like, "Whoa, ho, 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 ho. you know, where'd that come from?" But uh, yeah, and I know you guys are probably saying just a drop kick, but I, I'm a I'm a wrestling true wrestling fan. I watch like how high they get on them if they actually you know hit him in the mouth or they hit him in the chest and what have you. And he actually Cody Rhodes a lot. He's a big boy, and he got him right in the face with that drop kick. I thought that was pretty cool. But anyways. Cody Rhodes was your winner. Uh, Cody, like we said, needed this win. The last couple pay-per-views, 
He's been in. Uh, he's stupidly calls out Brock Lesnar during the post uh, uh, press conference. So that right there tells me it's probably going to be Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar uh, at SummerSlam. I'm not 100%, but yeah, why else would he say he'd love for Brock Lesnar to come back to work? So stupid, stupid, stupid saying that after getting beat down by a guy twice. <laughs> Your thoughts on that, Matt? Well, a good showing from Cody Rhodes. Like you said, he definitely needed this big win at Money in the Bank. I told you he was going to put Prison Dom in his place, which is exactly what he did. And Prison Dom, give him credit again where credit's due. He put up a fight. I'll, gi I'll give him that. And he is showing improvement in the ring. But he's just not quite there to hang with the American Nightmare. And the American Nightmare got, his, got this uh, well-earned victory. Uh, I'm excited to see him take on Brock Lesnar again, even though, you know, he's been a little outmatched. But if the dirt sheets are to be believed, we, we might potentially be seeing Cody Rhodes bring back a match that his, uh, that his father, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, made famous. And that could give uh, Cody Rhodes a little bit of an edge over the beast. The, the dog collar match? Or? That's, that's the rumor. I believe it was either a dog collar or a... Texas bull rope match. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, yeah, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing that either. And then now the next match, this match here not only ticked me off the way it ended, but it left me baffled as well. And this was for the women's tag team championship. Your current champions was Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. And they defended the titles against Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. I picked Ronda Rousey's team to win. Uh, Mr. Cage picked Ronda Rousey's team to, team to win. And your winner and new tag team champions, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. What? Shayna Baszler turns on Ronda Rousey already. They just, they've not been together that long as a tag team. They surely didn't have the titles long enough. Turns on her and costs them the title. Walks and leaves her in the ring. And now we have <laughs> Liv Morgan with another title. And we have this chick who thinks her back looks better than everybody else's and wears the title backwards. So you can see her back with the gold. I don't know what she's doing. And once again, the women's tag team titles lose credibility in the WWE. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I've got a headline that we will go over no matter what time it is. We will go over uh, that explains a little bit about this. But man, oh man, it just really... What a shocking turn of events. This, this actually shocked me. I didn't see this coming. Not this quick. Uh, your thoughts, sir? Yeah, this wasn't a good type of shock. Sometimes when you're shocked at a pay-per-view, it's like, oh my God, I, could, I, I, didn't, I didn't see that happening. WWE does it again. They pull off the big plot twist. But this wasn't a plot twist. This was a stupid turn for the sake of a stupid turn. Ah, uh, man. Uh, once again, they prove that they don't want to give any tag team the women's uh, tag team titles for more than like a few weeks. 
before they've got to give the belts to another team. Uh, yeah, this was, this was a big disappointment for me, Kentucky guy. And they're running out of female tag teams, too. So, uh, Next match, we had uh, Gunther defend his Intercontinental Championship against Matt Riddle. Uh, we both picked Gunther to retain. Of course, Gunther retained. Matt Riddle should look like he was... You know, Matt Riddle looks like he's he's very, very... like Has always been looked like tremendous shape. But I swear, he looked winded during this match, the second half. And I've never seen that out of him, because he's usually like... I mean, he looks like incredible shape. But you can tell when somebody's winded, and he was winded the second part of the match. And kind of act like... Uh, well, he looked like he shouldn't have been there. Let's just be honest. It was a mistake for him to make that challenge and to be in that match. But then, then, talk about plot twists and unexpected things happening that are for the worse. Here comes, oh, dumbass, Scottish boy, Drew McIntyre. And no, folks, no, I'll tell you right now, his contract that up in 2024 has still not been renewed. So I don't know what he's doing on TV. Triple H made that clear at the press conference. But he shows up, and he knocks out Gunther, or knocks him down, and leaves him in the ring, and then he holds the title up and poses with it, like he's going to be the, be, be the one to beat Gunther. Come on. He's going to be the guy to take the title away. He's going to be the first guy to pin Gunther, since Gunther's uh, in a singles match that... That has not happened to Gunther since he's been on the main roster. Drew McIntyre, of all people, he's a joke. Come on. So that ticks me off. He shouldn't have. Oh, I can't believe he's back on television. Uh, your thoughts on that match? Well, it was a decent, a decent enough match, but the end result was clear. Uh, there was never doubt in my mind that the ring general was going over here, over the original bro. Uh, I was a little surprised to see Drew McIntyre, but this was a good time to bring him back to get that uh, UK pop, the fact that they were in London. It, it's always good to see the Scottish Warrior back. Um, as far as whether he's going to take the belt off of Gunther or not, that's that's tough to say, but we know that these two, when they get in the ring, it's always pretty physical, so we know it's going to be a physical encounter when they do face each other again. Um, but again, uh, good to see Gunther retain and because Matt Riddle should not have been the one to uh, end that winning streak and take the title off of him. Yeah, why would Drew McIntyre get a pop in London, though? He's he's uh, he's Scottish. He's from Scotland. So, I don't know. Weird. They're all part of the United Kingdom, though. I know, I know. Oh, by the way, folks, John Cena was on the scene. Yes, I you heard me correctly. He was at Money in the Bank, and he was promoting. He was promoting to have a WrestleMania in London. However, 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 I do not see that happening. And now, and I'm going to read something real quick uh, from a guy that he, he's a troll most of the time, but he does know his stuff. He's been around for years. Here we go, Dave Meltzer. Noted, quote, WWE is interested in bringing WrestleMania to London. However, 
they've been using the strategy of having cities bid on big events, including WrestleMania, due to the local economic boost that WWE events bring to the cities. However, because London is able to bring in tourists on its own, they're not willing to pay WWE to host a show in the city. That's why Clash at the Castle wasn't held in London last year. Thus, the WWE can't get enough fans interested in having Mania in London than the city may consider paying to have it. So, that's that's pretty much gold for me is the deal is that London, uh, because you're looking for tourists, well, London, as I actually just found out, London is the number one tourist city in all of Europe. And they don't need to pay WWE to bring in tourists because they're going to get tourists that week and every week. They're getting 20 million tourists a year. Wow. Wow, that's great. That's an insane number. 20 million. Wow. And that's me saying that, not Dave Meltzer. So they don't need to do this. But WWE doesn't want, let's just say, the two gates together are $30 million that they'll get. And it may be it's not enough for WWE, you know? They want that, and especially because they're if they do it for no money, Look at all these cities are going to get mad at having to pay big money. So that makes sense. And that's that's all I'll read of that. But, uh, you know, that, that makes sense why I don't think it's ever going to come to London. So, But John Cena was there. He did have a run-in a little bit with, uh, and uh, he actually did drop the AA on Grayson Weiler. Um, I don't think anything's coming out of that at all. But uh, he was there. We had a women's Money in the Bank match. EO Sky versus Bailey versus Trish Stratus versus Zoe Stark versus Becky Lynch versus Selena Vega. Uh, I picked Bailey to win. Mr. Cage picked EO Sky to win. I want to say something. So I wasn't looking forward to this woman's Money in the Bank match at all. I just, I, I wasn't into it. This match was actually very good. <laughs> this match shocked me. Them girls, like, really put each other through it, man. I mean, they they busted total respect on my end, man. Total respect. Even though Selena Vega was in there and Zoe Stark and a couple, you know, they're a couple of unknowns. Uh, they <laughs> they put on a show, man. It, it was all right. But uh, your winner, Eos Guy. And did we see the end of control damage, damage control? Because she actually, first of all, Bailey knocked the Yosuke off the top right when she was grabbing the title the first time. And she pushed the ladder and knocked Yosuke off. But Yosuke won the match because she handcuffed Becky Lynch to Bailey under the ladder so they couldn't go up to stop her. Did we see the implosion of damage control? We don't know. An eye for an eye, so... They both got a lick in, and it was every woman for herself, so I don't know. But your 2023 Women's Money in the Bank oh. Money in the Bank champion, or briefcase holder, whatever you want to EO Sky. Your thoughts on that match, sir? Once again, happy, uh, happy I picked the uh, winner there. Um, great showing by all the ladies. This match did exceed my expectations as well. Because I gotta admit, when I've seen other women's uh, ladder matches in the past, 
they've been kind of botchy and kind of all over the place. But this one, the women really brought their A game and and they delivered. Um, and and I and I will say, Kentucky guy, if we have not seen the end of um, damage control, we may be very close to the end of damage control. Um, I, I think it's only a matter of time before they just completely implode Bailey and Eo Sky. Um, it it was cool to hear that John Cena made an appearance at Money in the Bl the Bank. That was really different especially hearing that he made this announcement about a possible WrestleMania in London, which we know is likely not to happen. The, the, the one disappointing thing about John Cena being at Money in the Bank was I couldn't see him. Yeah, well, I seen him. And he's got a, a, a Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory haircut. <laughs> so <laughs> Let's see here. So, uh, And then we had the main event, which uh, was the main event. It, it was the best match on the show. I have to say that. Even though that Seth Rollins match, buddy, whew, uh, it come very, in my my opinion, it come very close to topping him. But it was a good match. You had uh, Roman Reigns and Solo Sequoia versus the Usos, Jimmy and Jay. Good match. A lot of emotion in the match. A lot of great moves in the match, you could say, too. I'm telling you, that Solo Sequoia is a beast. He is a beast. Roman Reigns looked good. He looked dominant. However, though, for the first time in three years, by the way, we both picked uh, Solo and Roman to win, the bloodline to win. However, for the first time in three years, Roman Reigns got pinned. One, two, and three. The Tribal Chief got pinned. And money in the bank. So that right there suppresses su surpasses all the other matches. I mean, Jay Uso pinned him. Now Jay didn't do it by himself. They did a they did a double super kick to him on his knees, and then Jay went up, did the splash on him, one, two, three, and Roman was irate afterwards. So my question is: so that was a good match. Uh, it was a good match. The ending surprised me. I did not see that. And they were talking about these devastating two endings they were looking at. I don't think that was a devastating ending at all. Unless they're referring to Roman being pinned for the first time in three years, which, okay, it's wrestling. You get pinned. You're going to get pinned sooner or later. But it's it was the ending wasn't ex, as exciting enough for than what I was looking. Maybe I had my expectations too high after reading that headline uh on friday so maybe my expectations were maybe it was too high maybe that's what it was but yeah i mean it was a good match though very good match like i said solo he's your mvp of money in the bank in my book he he was just he was phenomenal he was taking everybody out uh your thoughts on the main event sir I'll tell you, Kentucky guy, my my jaw hit the floor when Roman was pinned one, two, three. That hasn't happened in three years to the Tribal Chief. Three years. I mean, name the last time that 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 ever happened in WWE history that somebody went, you know, that length of time without being pinned or submitted a single time. It's it, it's amazing. Um, I totally agree about Solo Sokoa looking really strong in this match. Lots of great back and forth. More and more layers have been added to this story. 
Because what happens now? Is it going to be Roman versus Jay Uso for the Universal SummerSlam. title at SummerSlam? Now that's what I keep hearing. So going to be very interesting. I will say, if I were to give a preliminary prediction, I don't see Roman losing the Universal Championship at SummerSlam. So anybody that's getting their hopes up about that, I don't think that's going to happen because technically he's now been on the losing end two pay-per-views in a row. Even though he didn't take the pinfall loss in the first match, he w- he was on the losing end. And this time he got pinned. So Tribal Chief's got to bounce back now. He still has to assert his power. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I will say one thing about Jey Uso, and it very well could be Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. I've seen that all over the place, too, but that changes also because we also, if you remember, we've seen single matches for Money in the Bank, Roman versus Jay and Jimmy versus Solo, and I knew that wasn't going to happen. So, but Jay Uso in this Money in the Bank match, and I'm going to go back to you right after I say this and to see if you've seen it. I've seen a lot, a lot more than normal Way more than, no, this is the first time I've seen this much. He had actions like his cousin, his other cousin, The Rock. He did the bring it and with the punches, uh, several things. He looked a lot, uh, not a little bit, a lot for the first time like The Rock in the ring. I know he didn't do like the, the people's elbow and stuff like that. But I'm telling you, so I went and I took uh, <laughs> I took his a picture of him and done a little, I'm a little bit of a creative guy. I got on there and I took away like the long hair and the beard and everything. And I tell you what, you take that off. He looks like the rock. I mean, you, of course, I know they're, they're a real family, but he looks a lot, a lot like the <laughs> But his actions, his wrestling moves, this is the first time I ever noticed it. Man, he did a lot of The Rock's moves. Did you catch that or notice anything familiar? Am I, am I crazy or what? I, I don't know if you're crazy. I, I don't know if I watched his movements that closely, but I, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense, especially with that familial connection. Yeah, but uh, I wish, you know what? I wish I may redo that picture and send it to you. I wish I would have saved it. Pretty interesting. All right, so that wraps up Money in the Bank results. Uh, we have just a little bit of time left. Let's go ahead and uh, let's let's do a, um, and you pick it, whichever one you want to do, sir. Uh, let's do a headline apiece, and we'll have uh, you start off. Uh, We're shifting gears to AEW. All is well between FTR and the Young Bucks behind the scenes. While there are well-documented issues between CM Punk and the Elite, including the Young Bucks, FTR is said to be on good terms with the Young Bucks. As previously reported, Dax Harwood of FTR came to the defense of CM Punk and called out the wrestler who has spoken about the tension behind the scenes in AEW. The issues between the two sides have not improved following Punk's interview with ESPN and his collision 
promo as the divisiveness has become worse over the last week following Punk's return. Oh, so what are, what are we going to call his counterfeit Bucks remark, his pipe bomb of the year now? Um, while speaking on Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer noted all is well between the Bucks and FTR. Neither of them were brought to the press conference. Tony Khan said later down the line that, that they would be. FTR and Omega, the Young Bucks, they're all fine. Some people think it's like this divide with Punk and FTR against these guys. With Punk, there's still fence mending that needs to be done for them to work together and everything like that. It could happen, it may not happen, time will tell, but with FTR, it's fine. There's nothing at all that would hold up if they want to do a tag, tag team title program at some point tomorrow. Everyone's cool with that. FTR worked really hard on that, too. They went out of their way to get that done. There was stuff there, of course, but it was not nearly as bad of an issue as it was with Punk. It was much easier to mend, so anyway, that's all taken care of. Well, FTR and the Young Bucks, as I recall, did feud back in the day, shortly after FTR first arrived in AEW. Um, so to see the two teams there reignite their feud, I'd be all for that because they're both great teams and at least you don't have to worry about inserting the prima donna CM Punk into the storyline in any way. Um, so if they're going to do FTR versus Young Bucks and especially if both sides are okay to work together, then I'm all for it. Give the people what they want, make some money, pop some ratings. There's got to be some frustration there on the Young Bucks side though. There has to be. Because if you think about it, and you look back in the headlines or listen to some previous episodes that we talked about, FTR, they kind of, they were a part of the meeting of CM Punk coming back with Jericho. They brokered that meeting. So, and, and we know their big CM Punk sucks. So there's got to be a little, there's got to be. I mean, you can say, yeah, we'll work together, we're fine, blah, blah, blah. But there's got to be some apprehension there and there's got to be some uh i don't want to say hurt feelings because these are men we're talking about but uh it got it, it must it's got to take them off a little bit would you agree with that it's got to a little bit i mean i'm sure there's a little bit of uh a little animosity there but not to the point where they couldn't put it aside if tony khan said okay we're putting you four guys together in a program yeah i just uh I don't think he has time. I think they'll be gone before they get to that. I just, I just, uh, I think these guys feel like, uh, well, they feel, I, I think that with CM Punk coming back, it, it, it's a slap in the face, man. I mean, let's just be honest about it. The guy threw the first punch and come on now. Everybody's starting to find out about it now. So, you know, the more people, the more it comes out, how this all went down and it will, as soon as these legal proceedings are over, nobody will keep their mouth. Not everybody's going to keep their mouth shut. They're doing it right now because they're afraid that they'll, they'll go to jail or get a huge fine. But it's going to come out. Somebody's going to say something. And when it does, it, I, I just can't see these guys working together because it's going to be on top of everything else, the animosity, like you mentioned, and the frustration of what happened and him coming back. There's going to be an embarrassment factor there. There's going to be an embarrassment factor there. And when it comes out, you guys will see why. I can't say anything, but there's, there's an embarrassment factor there. And that's why I'm 90%, 90%, and that's a big number, 
sure the Young Bucks will be leaving AEW and Kenny Omega. 90%. Never said that before. All right, so I've got one headline, too, and then we'll call it an episode. This headline here is going to maybe give us a little bit, bit of insight on what happened between Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. Here we go. Ronda Rousey, WWE contract, has a hard out date. Hmm. Uh, the Women's Tag Team Championship champions, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baylor, lost to Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez at Money in the Bank, premium live event uh, in London, England. The finish saw Baszler attack Rousey from behind and choke her out, leading to Raquel and Morgan winning the bout. Uh, while speaking on Wrestling Observer Radio, my guy, David Meltzer, noted that Rousey has a hard out on her deal. Meltzer noted that Rousey wants to give back to Shayna for getting her into the business, but doesn't know how many matches they will do. Quote, this was always the plan. The thing was that I was saying Ronda and Shayna were winning the tag team titles, and then Ronda got hurt. The thing is that I don't know the date, and it might be SummerSlam. It might be a little bit after, but the deal is Ronda has a hard out. You know, I mean, she gave a date. This is my last date. Because I remember talking to somebody there, and it's like, well, you know, I know they're going to do this. And it's like, I guess, make the big match for WrestleMania. And it's like, no, it's like her heart out is long. They didn't give me the date, but it's, it's like it's long before WrestleMania. So the point is, is that whatever it is that they were planning to do, They've always, the whole tag team was to set up Ronda and Shayna doing a feud. Ronda wanted to do this feud with Shayna. She got what she wanted. She always wanted to do it because Shayna's the one who got her basically into pro wrestling. You know, Ronda was someone who watched it and sort of knew a little bit about it, but not, she wasn't like a big pro wrestling fan. Meltzer added that the WWE wanted to do little teases of a split. But because Ronda broke her arm earlier this year, they had to move things up. Okay. All right. So here's the thing. Ah, what can I say, man? I respect her for that. Wanted to give it back to Shane. I can't, I can't, I can't be mad at that. So, and, uh, yeah, if, I mean, if she's supposed to already, I know she's a fairly new mother and, uh, if she wanted, uh, so it's been out before. WrestleMania, then, you know, hey man, yeah, do 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 your thing, guys. Yeah, I my utmost respect for that for her wanting to help her buddy out. Uh, your thoughts on that headline, sir? Yeah, I mean that changes my opinion just a little bit there because um, number one, especially if her contract's going to be up soon and she wants to spend more time with family, that's completely understandable. And secondly, if her last thing she wants to do before leaving WWE is to put Shayna Baszler over. Well, truth be told, if Shayna Baszler were to end up winning that feud, it would it would make her a big star. And in many ways, it would uh, repair her image, which, uh, you know, in my opinion, was kind of shattered a little bit after, um, after she had been on that winning streak for a while when she first debuted on the main roster and then wasn't able to beat Becky Lynch for the... Um, women for the raw women's title and then they did that storyline where 
she was teaming up with Nia Jax, and she was afraid of Alexa Bliss and her puppets, <laughs> and that was really stupid, and I was like, this hardened MMA fighter is afraid of a few creepy-looking puppets. That makes no sense. So if Ronda's going to do her friend a solid here and put her over before she leaves the company, then then tremendous respect for Ronda Rousey for doing that. Yeah, yeah, that change. And, you know, the way I read that is her hard out date, uh, Mr. Cage, it looked like it was before WrestleMania. So that means she, stick, she stuck around. She got hurt. So, of course, WWE makes you pay those days back. But... I'm sure, like, her time is about up anyways, so, yeah. Yeah, 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 it makes sense. Um, all right, so that's all I have for this episode, sir. What, what about you? you have anything else for us? Uh, no, that's uh, it for me, Kentucky guy, on this episode. All right, folks. Once, oh, by the way, folks, we hope we both wish you a very happy 4th of July. Be safe out there. Uh... Don't do anything that we wouldn't do, but if you do, name it after us. And you've been listening to <laughs> Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> With your co-host, Donnie Cage and the Kentucky Guy. As always, folks, God bless and God bless America. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank <laughs> you.